Falando no escuro Correndo e Good morning. I know that uh, this is the first time that you hear, at least, at least myself or John, teach in this area, the book of Daniel. And uh, I want you to be aware of what uh, God is revealing to Daniel. It's not something that we listen every day. It's something that we uh, study every day. It's a special study about end times. But there are certain things that are happening to me as I study these scriptures that I never, never considered before. And so I want you to be patient as you uh, rest this morning, drink your cup of coffee. Amen. And... Uh, John Wayne. Okay. <clears throat> Daniel 8, 3 to 10. In the third year of King Belshazzar's reign, <clears throat> Belshazzar, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, in his third year, Daniel had a vision <clears throat> after the one that had already appeared to me, meaning he had a vision about Belshazzar uh, on chapter 2, and now suddenly he is having another vision. And... Uh, Remember that at this particular time, the Jews were in exile in Babylon. In Babylon, so in my vision, chapter chapter eight, verse two, I saw myself in the citadel of Susa, in the province of Elam. And so, the vision is he saw himself in this area. It doesn't mean that he was there, but he saw himself in this area. In the vision, I was beside the Ulai Canal meaning that uh, there were two rivers there, and there's a canal uh, uh, communicating between the two rivers. Uh, and Daniel then had this vision in the capital of the Medo Empire, Persian Medo Empire, the city of Susa. The vision deals with the Grecian Empire. Now, who is in charge of the Grecian Empire, and how do we know? Well, we have the Babylonian Empire, okay? And then we have the... Uh, Medo-Persian Empire, then we have the Grecian Empire, then we have the Roman Empire. So these are the four beasts that uh, uh, <clears throat> Daniel saw. Today, chapter 8 is under the Grecian Empire. And of course, uh, the Grecian Empire, uh, the person in charge there is Alexander the Great. You remember, he had a 300,000 army. And, uh, and, and so he... God is introducing the idea of the Antichrist to Daniel. 
Not to anybody. He's simply just talking to Daniel. The fact is that Daniel wrote this book. And Daniel is talking about it as if somehow it's the first time he's ever heard this. Just like you and I. <laughs> we, 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 it, it, it's, it's overwhelming just to think about it. And so, uh, let me continue just a little more. more. Now looked up and be, there before me was a ram with two horns standing in the canal. And the horns were long. One of the horns was longer than the other, and it grew much up later. So yesterday I shared with you these two animals. One is the ram with the two horns, and then uh, the other uh, is uh, the goat. And the battle here is between the goat and the ram, meaning between the Medes and the Persians. So Darius the Mede and Cyrus the king of Persia, they joined together in order to destroy Babylon. Now, this is sort of a historical to be uh, addressed. You can go to any library in the history of the Middle East, especially the, 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 the Mede Empire, the Cyrus, the Persian Empire. And this is accountable. It's, this is fact. But you don't have to go that far. Just uh, go to Isaiah. Do you believe Isaiah was a prophet of God? Do you believe that he actually was uh, one of the greatest prophets that ever lived in the Bible? Prophet Isaiah, remember that. He talks about Cyrus. God spoke to Isaiah talking about Cyrus. <laughs> I'm not trying to convince you, okay? You are Christian and you don't need to be convinced. You, you, you know exactly what it is. But God had to prepare Cyrus in order to use him and to bless him and speak to him because he is the one God's going to use to allow the people of God to return after the exile. God, something has to happen. And so, this is what Isaiah speaks of. It is Isaiah 45, verses 1 through 7. Isaiah, talking about Cyrus. This is what the Lord says to his anointed. To Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of and subdue nations before him. And to strip kings of their armors. And to open doors before him so that the gates will not be shut. Now this is kind of interesting, open doors before him, because one of the ways that Cyrus overcame the Medes uh, and, ba and, and conquered Babylon was that uh, there was, there's a river going right through the city. And of course, uh, the way they enter, they, they divert the river to another way, and the army of the, of the Persian army, the Cyrus army, walked in dry feet and took Babylon. And so this is being said of this event by Isaiah. The open doors before him so the gates will not be shut. In other words, the, the gates on top of the river were open. And they came in and destroyed Babylon. 
I will go before you and I will level the mountains. I will break down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. That actually happened. I will give you <coughs> hidden treasures. Oh, shortly. You're talking about the Medes and the Persians. They had an empire full of gold and silver and metals of any all kind. I'll give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel. He identified himself as the God of Israel. Now he's talking to a, to a lost Gentile king. But he is inspiring him, telling him that this is what the future is going to be like. That's called prophecy here. Now, before I continue, the, this word came to Isaiah 150 years before Cyrus was born. To tell Cyrus that God is the only one, <coughs> the only God of all of life and death. And so, I, 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 when I read this, this is really something that, that God will speak in a life that hasn't even been born, 150 years before he was born. And how he's going to grow up and destroy Babylon. <clears throat> so when you see the people of Israel being coming captive, you know, uh, and, and uh, the desolation of Judah, you see the hand of God on top of it. So here you are in 2021, and something is happening to you. And God is bringing forth. I, I, I tell you, uh, my father, Reverend Daniel Bonfim, an evangelist, a pastor for 47 years in the Methodist Church in Brazil, or 37 years as a pastor in the church in Brazil. He, uh, before I left uh, uh, Rio de Janeiro to America as a student, as a young man, 20, 24 years old, something like that, he spoke over me and prophesied over me. And I remember some of the words that he said and the things that he said. And today, as I look back uh, into the past and try to remember, uh, it, I'm on time. Meaning that God has a plan for my life, a purpose for my life. And whatever I need to do to accomplish His will, God will make it happen. So, what am I saying? What I'm saying is that if you are a father and you prophesy over your children, it will happen. That's heavy stuff. You probably say, well, I'm just a father. I'm not a preacher. Oh, come on now. Just stop all this uh, uh, weak, wimpy attitude. You need to go to your son Lay hands on his head and say to him in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I call forth a job for your life. A good, oh. Now, 150 years before, so that you may know that I am the God of Israel. <laughs> Isaiah is prophesying to that which has not happened. Now, who is talking to Isaiah? God is. Who is... Uh, 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 writing the book, he, Isaiah is. What is he dealing with? To a man called Cyrus who haven't been born yet, who will deliver the people of Israel back to Judah and Jerusalem. 
out of captivity, who summons you by name. I'm the God of Israel who summons you by name. Here's Isaac. For the sake of Jacob, my servant of Israel, my chosen, I summoned you by name, Cyrus. I summoned you by name, Cyrus. Here's Isaiah in his home somewhere in the Middle East, fasting a whole week. No, only, no, no bread, no water. And out of there he begins to prophesy into the empty spaces. And suddenly we're reading, we're reading in the prophecy of Daniel that Daniel is right on time with what Isaiah said. If you're not impressed, you uh, you're, you're, uh, need a cup of coffee. If you're not impressed, I need to wake you up. He says, I'm the Lord, there is no God. There's no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, says the Lord. Though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Yeah, I tell you, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? Awesome, awesome. Uh, the same thing happened in Isaiah 44, 28. tells that the Lord declares Cyrus, the future deliverer of God's people, restoring his holy city, and how they would captive, capture Babylon. The actual name of Cyrus is really not Cyrus. It's Agradates. A-A-G-R-A-D-A-T-E-S. Dates. Agradates. But God changed his name to Cyrus. Now, don't get, don't blame me for that. God did it, okay? Now, <clears throat> after Cyrus, Babylon being captive for decades, the Jews were allowed to return to the homeland and rebuild the temple. Cyrus is the guy who does it. But at the same time, in the book of Ezra, the priest Ezra, a priest of the Lord, emerged from one of the first waves of refugees. He taught the people of the law. He reformed the religious life of Judah. He helped uh, uh, get things organized in the temple and done. I mean, he, Ezra was deeply involved in the restoration after the exile. So here's, uh, here's uh, chapter 1 of Ezra. Cyrus helps the exile to return. Here's, here's Ezra. Another, another point of view, another testimony, another just like Isaiah, uh, uh, I would say, conferring, conferring, bringing a testimony to confirm, to convince you today that this happened. In the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm, also to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, the king of Persia, says, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem and Judah. At Jerusalem and Judah. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem and Judah, and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. 
All right, we're going to return to the ram now and, uh, and deal with that because the ram is, is the Medo-Persian Empire and it's totally destroyed. You know, the Medo-Persian Empire had millions of soldiers. But this leopard called Alexander the Great had 300,000 and yet he destroyed the Medes and the Persians completely. But take a look. I watched the ram. Remember, he's in the, in the Eli Channel Canal in, uh, in the city of uh, Susa in the palace. He's watching from the balcony way up there, the river. And he's not there. He's in the spirit in Babylon. But he's seen things. I'm referring to Daniel. He, this is Daniel's account. I watched the ram as he charged toward the west, in the north, in the south. Meaning the ram was just running north and south, east and west. No animal could stand against it. And none could rescue from its power. It did as it pleased and became great. As I was thinking about this, this is Daniel. I, you know, <laughs> give the man a break. You're talking about 75 years of age. Standing in his dream. And God is pouring a vision in his heart. Pouring a thought a vision. What's going to happen? Ah, suddenly a goat <laughs> with a prominent horn between its eyes came from the west, crossing the whole earth without touching the ground. Now, <clears throat> I've been studying this and read a little bit about goats and rams. Well, ah, 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 a goat can't touch a ram. A, a goat is just a very weak animal. I have a horn, but it doesn't have any power. It's smaller. A ram is much. Remember Abraham taking Isaac to be sacrificed? He needed a, a, a place to sacrifice, which uh, he found it, you know. And uh, the, the mosque of, uh, what is that mosque, John, in Jerusalem today that sits on the Temple Mount? The Dome of the Rock. Yeah. There is, is Mount Moriah. That's when Abraham uh, offered Isaac. And God said, don't destroy, don't kill your, your, your son. For there's a thicket, a, a, a ram caught in the thicket, caught in the bush. And so he sacrificed the ram. I'm talking about no goat can fight a ram. But God does things in a way that you cannot understand. You know, we have a beautiful facility where our offices are. We've been here now for at least, I don't, I don't know, 10 years. About 10 to 12, 13 years. And, uh, and we rent over here. And suddenly, uh, as I look to the facility, the whole building except one door downstairs. God opened the door for us to be here. And, uh, and we pay the rent every month. And I'm speaking from the studios of RBM in Athens, Georgia at 1711 Meriwether Drive, Suite 104, which is the whole building. How can this came to us? It's the favor of the Lord. God just give us favor. We're under prophetic anointing. So my ministry is, is surviving, is being blessed. And, uh, and uh, I'm not dying. I'm, 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 I'm struggling to overcome anything that comes against me. 
and crying out before the Lord that He will continue to bless me in the midst of this storm that I'm going through of, 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 of dealing with staff and dealing with the passing of my wife. I'm, I'm just a breathing and crying out in the middle. But I know in my heart that the Lord called me to be here. It's prophetically established. Now, the same thing with Daniel. He's listening to this. And suddenly there's a, a goat coming up. And his feet did not touch the ground, meaning this guy is moving fast. Now the name of the guy is Alexander the Great. The goat represented the Grecian Empire. The Grecian Empire. Under Alexander the Great. Remember the belly and the thighs of the uh, a breast and the statue of Nebuchadnezzar? Remember that the leopard was... was uh, the third beast that showed up for his swiftness and his and the speed. Now you're going to see Alexander the Great. He, he, here's where the West comes into view. Up now, up to now, everything is east. But now the West is beginning to be considered. It is important because uh, you and I live in the West. All the empires in the earth then, still many empires. But the Holy Spirit only partakes that which has to do with Israel. Notice that. Notice that the story today, it's about a ram and a goat. And it has to do with God trying to convince His people, especially Ezra, especially Jeremiah, especially Daniel, that His people would return to Jerusalem after the captivity. And Ezra is the priest organizing things down there. Well, history has been against Israel ever since 1941. The Japanese tried to change the design by God and were defeated. In 203, the Muslim religion became strong in the East, attempted to use power uh, against the West, and it failed. Remember now, Paul and Silas in the second missionary journey, they're going north into Summer Trace, and suddenly, instead of going into Phrygia and in, in, in Galatia, which they wanted. The Holy Spirit prevented Paul from going east. He turned west. He turned toward toward Rome, toward uh, England, toward Europe, toward uh, Athens, Georgia. And so, Western civilization, when you mention that name, what is Western civilization? That's where we are. was formed by God alone. Okay, let's go back to the ram. Go back to the, the goat. It came toward the two-horned goat, ram. The goat came toward the, the two-horned ram. And I had been standing beside the channel and charged at it with great rage. I mean, it wasn't there to talk. It wasn't there to say, How you been now, friend? We've been friends together for a long time. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, 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 can I? Can we talk about this and have reason here? It came with great rage, and I saw it attack the rim furiously, striking the rim and shattering the two horns. The rim was powerless to stand against it. The goat knocked it down to the ground and trampled on it, and none could rescue the rim from its power. Now, as you look at this event per se, it took Alexander the Great to conquer what the Medes and the Persians conquered. Thirteen years. 
13 years. It's fast. It took 40 for the Greek and the Persian, the, the Medes and the Persians to conquer Babylon. And if it wasn't by the hand of God, it would be much longer. You know, God simply just made the riverbed dry, diverted the water so the army could come in and take the city. There's something about what God is doing. And sometimes it's so difficult to see because our mind is on the Atlanta Braves. We just, we just, you know, George is going to play this Saturday and all the Georgia people can't, can't listen to this because this is not going to help them. But as a Christian, I need to know certain things and understand certain things so I can strengthen my faith. For instance, God ordained me to serve Him. He gave us this building. Honestly, I don't know who's paying for it. It's just a miracle. There's the, God has a hand on this building that I don't know of. And so this, this goat, which is supposed to be the weak link between a goat and a ram, comes in and destroys all that the bees of the Persians put together. And suddenly, the young man, called Alexander the Great, dies at the age of 32. He is the goat on this verse 1. This is being told Daniel. And let me tell you, you probably say, well, Rick, but uh, <clears throat> is this true? Well, if you look historically to the life of uh, Alexander the Great, uh, get any book, any library, you're going to read about Alexander. He died at the age of 32. He divided his kingdom into Ptolemy, Cassander, Lysimachus, and Seleucus, the four generals. Ptolemy took Egypt, Israel, and Arab in Arabia. Cassandra took Macedonia and Greece. Lysimachus took Thrace and Britannia. Seleucus took Syria and Assyria. This area today that we're talking about covers today Turkey, Israel, Egypt, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, and some India. Now that's the area that Alexander the Great conquered. Now, let's go a little further because I think you're getting the idea a little bit today and you begin to get a hold of this and personalize to your life that after you die, there's eternity. Your body, to be absent for the body is to be present with the Lord. And you're going to die. Let me tell you this, you're not going to live forever. You're going to die. But when you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you come in the history of God, into the purpose of God, into the prophetic of God, into the voice of God, into the plan of God for eternity. You can go to hell all you want to. And hell is a specific place, like heaven is a specific place. But I want to be into the prophetic of Daniel because I want to know my history. I want to know how is it going to be. Now, does that help you to overcome? Oh, yes. You know, uh, I hate 
When somebody comes to me and says, Ah, he's in a, she's in a better place. I, 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 that doesn't fulfill me too much. I want to know where's the place. I want to know where it is. I want to know who's in charge. I want to know how many people are there. I want to know. I want to know. And so, you might not be interested on Alexander the Great, but I am. Out of him comes something interesting. Look at this. Verse 8, chapter 8 of Daniel. The goat became very great. But at the height of its power, a large horn was broken off. It is in its place, four prominent horns grew toward the four winds of heaven. So, one of the horns, a large horn broke off out of the, out of the goat, and four grew up. Now, by now you know that when that happens, some, God is doing something. One, out of one of them, one of them, which started small but grew in power to the south, in the east, in the west, in the, in, in the east, toward the beautiful land. That's, Isaiah, that's, that's Daniel chapter, chapter 8, verse 9. This, this word beautiful land is refers to Israel. Notice the language. Notice the language. Another one out of one of them. Another horn toward the east, toward the west, toward the beautiful land, which is, is Israel. Now, so Israel cannot be separated from the prophetic book of Daniel. Israel cannot be taken apart so you can consider another nation. And so does the importance of understanding who we are as Americans and who we are in terms of who Israel is. That's critically important to the Lord. Notice the language. Out of one of them came another horn. We shall see it. It came from Syria. So you identify Syria because Seleucus is the one who comes to invade the land and to kill and destroy. Now, for the first time, the little horn is mentioned, which is the Antichrist. Now, between verse 8, okay, out of one of... No, verse 8, let me get verse 8. The goat became great in the height of its power. The large horn was broken off. In a place four prominent horns grew up toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them another horn which stated, started small but grew in power toward the east, north, west, uh, toward the beautiful land. Now, between this verse 8 and verse 9, time elapsed of 2400 years. Twenty-four hundred years separates verse eight from verse nine. The phrase here, which waxed exceedingly great toward the south, Egypt, and toward the east, Iraq, and Iran, and toward the pleasant land, referring to Israel, it took twenty-four hundred years. And so, history. Why do I say twenty-four hundred years? Because history confirms that. History. Get a book of the Middle East and begin to. Now we have the area where. The Antichrist will come out of the whole area of the Roman Empire. Previously, after Alexander the Great to the leopard, the Roman Empire comes in. 
And of course, Jesus was born during the Roman Empire. But things begin now to come together, saying the Middle East is going to be the area where the Antichrist... Now we know that this area of the world will produce the Antichrist. This area poses great threat to the peace of the world. Good. I am ready to close. I hope you got something out of this. Amen. And I hope that tomorrow you wake up and get your computer, open it up, and my nose is there. I'm with you. We're going to continue to verse chapter 9. The Lord bless you. Remove o erro e crie o bem em mim.